I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. A lot of Super Bowl talk. We'll get into the quarterback decision uh, moving forward. Not only that worked out well for two franchises playing on Sunday for the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, but also moving forward, you know, what does Nebraska need? We know what they want. <laughs> we know what the Nebraska fan base wants at quarterback. But uh, what what does Nebraska need to move it forward? We'll dive into that conversation. Uh, a man who spent a lot of time around the Hertz family and the Hertz stratosphere, so to speak, is Lars Anderson. Lars, of course, down in Alabama, uh, a longtime college football insider, uh, had a chance to uh, to do a wonderful feature for the Bleacher Report a few years back. Lars in about 20 minutes. In hour two, the pride of Fairbury is Bill Dolman. He'll join us, NBC Sports, uh, the professor with us to talk Super Bowl, some NBA, and some Husker football. Brady Oltman's with us at 525. And then we will get your gambling fix, uh, props, the game itself, the over, the under, the line right now at two and a half, or make it one and a half, excuse me, for Philly. Uh, all that is... Um, on target with Beeson's Danny Burke. So room for you to get in now. Uh, pretty loaded up later on. Can join us at 466-3776-4676-800-825-5865. Send your emails, chris at hailvarsity.com. What's your signature Super Bowl dish? What are you going with Sunday at least in eastern Nebraska, going to be mid-50s. I have still yet to pull the trigger on what I want to do. Uh, I know Elijah's going to go ribs probably. That's awesome. You did the trial run last weekend. So we'll talk food and Super Bowl as well. Follow the show. Watch the show. Stream the show. Different ways to do it. ESPN Lincoln Facebook. ESPN Lincoln Twitter. Watch the show. Hail Varsity YouTube channel. And as always, the Hail Varsity uh, radio Twitter handle at HVarsityRadio. Catch us 
in the uh, afternoon, 4 to 6, Hale Varsity Afternoons. Coffee and cream with Damon and Andrew morning 7 to 9. Elijah, you jacked, you excited, you feeling good. Uh, it's kind of a, a bittersweet weekend where, yeah, we'll have spring ball around the quarter and then no football. But uh, it's the last hurrah for, uh, you know, high stakes football this weekend with the Super Bowl. I love this time of year. You and I will transition into some college basketball, of course, and then Husker baseball a week from today. But, man, uh, this could be as good as it gets. I, I hope it lives up to what all the models are pointing to as a, a one-possession ball game. Well, Schmitty, just think back at this this football season as a whole for a second. It started the first football game of the year, <laughs> Nebraska versus Northwestern in Dublin. That feels like a lifetime ago, at least for me. Maybe not for you, but I can't believe that was that was what kicked off this football season. Not just college football, but really like like high-level football as a whole. It was kicked off by Nebraska, Northwestern in Dublin in and Sunday is going to be the culmination of that all, the, the end of another football season. And I kind of, from my watching habits, combine college and NFL, you know, into one. That's one football season, and it all sure. ends on Sunday. Can you believe that that was the start of the year and now we've reached the end? I, I, just with everything that's gone down within the past six months, it's, it's been a whirlwind. It always feels too fast, man. It does. You, you you race to get there, you blink, it's over, and then you get ready to do it again. Well, d- Brian d- days, checking in Days on, go slow, uh, weeks go fast, right? Something like that. Uh, Brian is going to do a solid for the world and, and rock his, dare I say, famous brisket. Brian, we're going to call it your famous brisket. I'm an idiot with briskets. Um, my brother-in-law, Andy, Uncle Andy, the Cowboys fan, he puts restaurant-quality smoker competition brisket together. And then the, and then the, the display looks like he catered it. <laughs> I mean, he may have. It's always incredible. But, no. Uh, so, yeah, we want to know what you're, you're, you're doing. Might be a little too warm for chili. Some of you are scoffing at me and say there's no, no such thing as too warm for chili if you do it right. Crane Ack will be with us tomorrow morning. He's a three-time O Street chili champion. His name's on the wall, not the bathroom wall on O Street. Uh, but he is a he's a chili connoisseur and, dare I say, conqueror. Okay, you have these storylines with the Super Bowl. It is going to be talent versus experience, and you always kind of side <laughs> at least I do, with, with experience. We'll have our predictions in about an hour and a half. But just to ruin the moment, I like Kansas City. I like what Philly's done. Think about the, the, the work they've put in. They hired Seriani. That has worked. Uh, they had Carson Wentz, and he's never been the same since his knee injury. Okay. Um, so then what? Uh, they, they drafted um, a backup in Nick Foles, who won a Super Bowl not long ago. But as the guy versus the substitute, hasn't really stuck. They made a decision to flip the roster, and oh yeah, go get Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts has been flat out incredible, uh, not just as a, a athlete playing quarterback, which he is, but he's a darn good thrower. He's a throwing quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback that throws. 
and his accuracy, the way the offense fits him, what they ask him to do, the weapons around him with that defense, they're bulletproof. They're incredible. And uh, if you're lean in Philly, totally understand why. Likewise with Andy Reid. What's Kansas City done, Elijah? They've gone 12 and 4 or 13 and 3 with Alex Smith and a great run game and a lot of weapons and they've drafted well and they've always had a 18 to 20 sack guy on the defense and some years they've had two, okay? But what do they do? They go draft and trade up for a 500 a sub 500 quarterback in the fun and gun Big 12. Why? Because it's about projection and development. Both instances, you see it with Mahomes. He's awesome. Perfect fit with Reed. Weapons around him. The enemy. It's been glorious for the Chiefs. Same right now with Hurts, as he's really improved and come into his own and finished just behind Mahomes for the MVP race. Uh, it's preaching at you right now if you're a Nebraska football fan with making the move uh, for relevancy. It starts with winning and being able to make plays. Nebraska had a playmaker at quarterback last year when he was healthy. Nebraska also had playmakers around Casey Thompson. Nebraska's loaded up with a lot of playmakers on offense and defense, and they got a guy in Sims. And time will tell, maybe a month or six weeks from now, Elijah, We'll know if Nebraska's got a five-star in the boat with Dylan Riola. I ask you this, what do you need at Nebraska for quarterback? Do you think it's got to be that transcendent talent to become a, a great winner again? Nebraska's won with greatness. Nebraska's fallen short, not due to lack of greatness with the Steve Taylor or an Eric Crouch, but it's that perfect combo of studs around him, and and also not just a dude because you're all a, you're you're going to be a dude if you start in college football. But you got to be uh, the dude, not just a dude, but the dude. And even look at Turner Gill; he, he's he's as good as there is, and he had all sorts of help around him on offense. And I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying he didn't even win a national championship. So it's an interesting discussion point. Really, it just comes down to, to finding the right guy, doesn't it? When you look at the case of Mahomes with his college career projecting to the NFL, how his development went, and then also Jalen Hurts, what he endured at Alabama and Oklahoma. He won a title as well, but how he's been able to thrive in the NFL with Nebraska, I think I think you can go land a quarterback, and I think you have two on the roster right now, and who knows where the guys that have been on in the program a while at quarterback, where their talents take them with a new quarterback's coach, a new offensive coordinator. Uh, Nebraska can be fine, fine being six wins or more the next few years. But what's it going to take them to, to make that jump? Is it okay to have a Greg McElroy, Brody Croyle type like Saban did for a few of his titles. Son, don't fumble the, fo- don't fumble the football and hand it off type guy. Could make a throw or two, yes, but he's throwing to Julio, right? So that's my question here. That's what I want to arm wrestle with a little bit today 
when we talk quarterbacks and Super Bowl and kind of relate it back to Nebraska. And you bring up an interesting point in that, I mean, Kansas City is a great example of this with Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City was a very, very good football team before Patrick Mahomes came to town. I mean, they, they, yeah. the thing was, was that they couldn't get over the hump. Alex Smith would go to the playoffs and, and oh, they, they blow a lead against the Colts. Or, oh, Alex Smith goes to the playoffs and, and the, the, the Chiefs are getting bounced in the divisional round. Like, Patrick Mahomes is what took them over the edge. And that's what I think is just a great example for how valuable a quarterback is at any level of football. A quarterback alone will not elevate you to the point of being a, a conference champion team, a, a college football playoff team. Can he get you to 8-4? and four? Very realistically, sure, he can do that. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes' final year at Texas Tech. That was not a good roster at Texas Tech when he was down Five there. 5-7. and seven. Not a good roster. That team's probably 1-11 without Patrick Mahomes, maybe 2-10. Patrick Mahomes elevates them and gets them a couple wins, gets them to at least respectable. You know what? Whenever you go play Texas Tech that year, you got to be careful because Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball 70 times on you, and if he has himself a good game, he, they can take down anybody. But, again, not a high-level football team. What it takes to be a high-level football team is, is that, at least in the Big Ten, that Michigan mold. You have to be solid on all areas of the field. You have to be a very physical football team, and... And Michigan's even proven over the last couple of years that you don't need that elite level quarterback to even go win a Big Ten title. But what Michigan has shown us is if you want to be relevant in the national scene, and I'm talking going and winning college football playoffs, you do need that high level quarterback. And uh, even Ohio State has shown it's a lot easier to go win Big Ten titles over the past couple of seasons if you do have that high level quarterback. And they've gone and met their match with Michigan the past couple of seasons. But uh, again, Nebraska. If they only have Dylan Rail and the other areas of the team are bad, and then we're just using Dylan Rail as the example here because that's the name that's on everybody's mind right now, Nebraska's not guaranteed a conference title. It, it has to start elsewhere. You have to build a team first, and then you add in that high-level quarterback, and you can go do a lot of damage. I mean, look at just who's won the college football player for the past couple seasons. All of them for the most part, have had a high-level quarterback. Stetson Bennett's the one guy who's an exception, but look at who he's beat out at Georgia. You, you can't take the the recruiting from four or five years ago and say, well, this guy's not a high-level quarterback. Stetson Bennett has developed himself into a high-level quarterback, and then uh, the combination of the talent around him has elevated him even to an even higher level, but high-level quarterback. Uh, you look Bryce Young, high-level quarterback. You look at Tua, high-level quarterback. You look at uh, Joe Burrow, high-level quarterback. You look at Trevor Lawrence, high-level quarterback. All these guys are NFL dudes. That's what you know, need to go win a college football playoff. The thing is, is right now Nebraska is not in win a college football playoff now mode. They're in rebuild mode. So that's why you have to, I, I think, take a little bit off with Dylan Ryle and say, you know what, Dylan Ryle is not the savior of Husker football, but he can sure as hell help you build a roster that's going to make you a relevant player in college football. And you need the quarterback play if you want to go be high level. I don't think Nebraska needs it if they want to go reach 8-4, and four, but if you want to go reach 11-1, you need the high level quarterback. Totally agree with you there, and it's that melding of high level with high talent and that high level quarterback can bring in a lot of high level talent but ultimately are you going to get coached up are you going to get developed and what what's your bread and butter is it going to be look at adrian right recency here where he's damn good and and he had some help but not consistent help around him and we know his offensive line struggled right it's going to be about your your lines of scrimmage that's how far they can take you 70 percent of the time and the other 30 percent needs to be quarterback play in your offensive system i'll say this 
Matt Rule has done a good job with guys that have found their way onto an NFL roster, but they're not household names, but they were really good college quarterbacks to the tune of conference champions, okay, and New Year's Day bowl games. That sounds awesome right now if you're a Nebraska fan and Charlie Brewer or P.J. Walker. But ultimately, if you can get that combination here where you've got a really solid offensive line, you've got a dynamic back at running back, you've got a couple of dudes to throw the football to, it doesn't always have to be on the quarterback uh, to, to be – the savior, but but man, he can make enough plays for you to win you some games. Who who was the quarterback last time Nebraska won a conference title, Schmitty? It was Eric Crouch, and Eric Crouch's 1999 team had a roster full of NFL players on the defensive side. Combined with a Heisman Heisman winning quarterback, that's a conference title. You look at 2009, the last time Nebraska was closest, they're a quarterback away from beating Texas in that game. If you want to be super high level, the quarterback is necessary. No, absolutely. That takes you to the championship opportunity. Lars Anderson with us to talk Jalen Hurts and Husker football on the way. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, Super Bowl 57 weekend. A man who knows Jalen Hurts better than most and a native Nebraskan, uh, 11 times New York Times bestselling author, Lars Anderson with us at Lars Anderson 71 and the Lars Anderson show down in Birmingham and across the state of Alabama. Lars, what's up, man? How we doing? Doing good. Looking forward to Sunday and um, just seeing how this very compelling matchup plays out. Um, you know, Mahomes wins his second MVP award uh, in six years. And, um, and I think this could be a not just a, a legacy defining moment for him. Uh, I think this is a, if, if he wins, I think he's first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I think this would turn Andy Reid into a first ballot Hall of Famer if Kansas City can pull it off. But then you look at the other side, the Eagles, man, they're just loaded with talent. And, and yeah, it starts with Jalen and just uh, the remarkable improvement he has shown, not just from last year to this year, but, but going all the way back to um, uh, when he was uh, at Alabama and that's when I wrote uh, uh, about a 5,000-word piece on Jalen for Bleacher Report. And um, I'm not sure if it's like this at Nebraska. I believe it is. But, but freshmen at Alabama aren't allowed to talk to the media. And I actually, even though I'm a member of the media, I think that's probably a good rule. Like, let them just focus on what they need to focus on. Uh, so anyway, so Jalen was off limits. I tried to come up with a creative way to do the reporting. So I went down to his high school in uh, Channel View, Texas, uh, which is a suburb of Houston. And I talked to like his math teacher, his English teacher, 
uh, people in the band, uh, cheerleaders. And by the way, it's a little awkward, Chris, to uh, just randomly, you know, 47 year old guy walking up to a 17 year old cheerleader and asking (laughs) if she could be interviewed. Uh, You got to be a little delicate about that. I actually went to the uh like the 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 person who was in charge of the cheerleaders and Mm -hmm. and uh they went on she went on and on and on about just how everybody loved jalen but um even the the people there were surprised that alabama even offered him because he couldn't hit the side of a building from 10 yards you know his accuracy was just terrible and uh and you know this chris i've written a a book with uh, bruce arians and BA is it was steadfast about you either have accuracy or you don't as a quarterback by about the age of 19. And uh, Jalen just he just was really inconsistent. And I, I, I still think that the game plan for Kansas City on the defensive side of the ball should be to one, stop the run and, and two, keep Jalen in the pocket and make Jalen beat him with his arm. Um, but his consistency has gotten better. I think he's an, a, an exception to that rule of, of Bruce Arians. Um, and so it, this is shaping up, I think, to be a, a really, like I said, a, a compelling game with a lot of interesting storylines. Lars Anderson with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, Super Bowl thoughts. And, of course, the backstory with Jalen Hurts uh, as you uh, went down to uh, his high school before he enrolled at Alabama and then you know the follow-up connection down there and uh, that's a solid move Lars to go with the varsity cheerleader coach uh, (laughs) when it comes to uh, interview requests with with Jalen yeah you see the athleticism and just the playmaking ability but Hurts to me has got special mentality and it's mentality that that, that Saban can spot, and it's clearly mentality. Philadelphia loved to draft him when they did and then work with him. Yeah, and you go on, um, uh, just Google Jalen Hurts and weightlifting. The guy could squat over 600 uh, at Alabama as a freshman, and literally, like, the weight room at Alabama would come to a stop when Jalen would, like, try to max out his squats and um, it, it it like without saying anything, I mean, the guys in the weight room are just freaking out. They're just like going nuts for him because he's squatting more than the offensive linemen. And, and like that, that just that's his leadership style is is showing, not telling. Right. He's, he's a man of few words and he still is. He's soft spoken, but he's all about ball, all about football. And, you know, he is uh, he is like he's not he's not I wouldn't even call him a running back. He's almost like a, a fullback with speed, you know, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think like a Tom Rathman. Right. I was, I'm trying to think of like a, 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 a Nebraska equivalent because uh, it, it wouldn't be a tailback. But I mean, he he, he he's just he, he's so big from the waist down that uh, he, he's tough to bring down. And they're going to try to RPO the the Chiefs to death, and so I think Chris Jones is going to be a uh, a huge player in this game if Kansas City is to win. I thought Chris Jones was the MVP of the AFC Championship game, um, and uh, and, and 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 yeah, I mean Jalen, 
uh, is, is very much beloved by his teammates. You know, there's been this silly argument if you're in Alabama uh, that uh, there's a, a debate of whether or not Jalen claims Alabama or Oklahoma, right? And uh, it, it's sort of a nonsensical thing. But I will say this. He got his degree from Alabama, and actually he took a bunch of classes in the uh, building where I teach, Reese Pfeiffer, because he was a communications major. And, uh, and two, um, his girlfriend – who uh, is in, isn't not pretty. Can I say it that way? Yeah. Uh, she's a Bama girl. So take that, Oklahoma. <laughs> Lars Anderson's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Lars, I just want you to speak for a second on that the, the win-at-all-cost mentality of Jalen Hurts because that's what I see from the outside. I mean, you mentioned the fact that people at his high school were surprised that he's going off to Bama because they didn't think he was that good. And then you know what? He's going to turn himself into the quarterback that is that good to go start for Bama. And then, you know what? When the national championship game's on the line, he's willing to go sit on the bench and let a freshman come in and, and take the reins and go win that game. Uh, just because, you know, he wants a national championship that bad. He makes it off to the NFL and all he's really done in the NFL is win. So speak for a second, uh, if you can, about that mentality of Jalen Hurts that, you know what? He's, he's going to outwork you because he's a win at all costs kind of guy. Yeah, um, I, I did something that I shouldn't have, uh, Elijah and Chris. I responded to some Yahoo on Twitter, and, uh, and, and he was a Philly guy, and he said that Nick Saban tried to ruin Jalen Hurts. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it was the most, the, the, the most idiotic take in the world, and I, I took the bait and responded. Shock, shocking from Philly? An, yeah. an idiotic take? Wow. <laughs> but... I, I have to, this is not an exaggeration. As long as I, 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 my arrival in Alabama essentially coincided with Nick Saban's arrival in Alabama. And I've written two books on the guy and, you know, more words about him than I, I, I care to ever write about anyone. <laughs> I'm done writing Saban books, uh, but they sell really well because Alabama fans will buy anything Nick Saban. Uh, however, Jalen Hurts, is literally Nick Saban's all-time favorite player to Alabama. All-time favorite player. Not just because of his leadership skills, but how he conducted himself after getting benched in the national championship game and just being the biggest cheerleader for a young Tua on the sideline. And when Tua, uh, on that second and 26 play, he hits Devontae Smith for the uh, walk-off touchdown, arguably the greatest play in college football history. And I think it's the only walk-off national championship winning touchdown in history, so certainly has to be in the conversation. Um, the first person to like go out there and lift up Tua was Jalen. And then the whole next season, Jalen uh, didn't start. It was Tua. And – and Nick would have conversations with Jalen throughout just saying, hey, use this time to improve your throwing. And then uh, Jalen wanted to go, I believe it was to Texas, because, again, he's from the Houston area. And it was Nick who advised him, go play for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. They have more weapons there. You'll develop more uh, Lincoln has, has developed all these different quarterbacks. He'll help develop you into an NFL player, right? And 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 so, and, and 
Jalen listened. He listened to everything Nick said. If, if uh, I'm sure Jalen would characterize Nick as a second father. And, and even though J- J- Jalen's dad is great, he's a high school, still coaching high school football. You can tell that Jalen, he just plays like the son of a high school coach, right? He's very smart, doesn't make many mistakes. He never really has. But, but just again, how he responded to uh, the adversity of getting benched in a very you know public way in the national championship game, the not playing the next year, but not sulking, uh, you know, still like the, the leader in, in the weight room and and um, Tua actually got hurt. Uh, I believe it was in the SEC championship game. Jalen comes off the bench and leads Alabama on a comeback win. Uh, and, and they end up uh, playing in the national championship game where I think they got, th- if I remember correctly, they got throttled by Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. But uh, the, the larger point is, is that he never lost his focus. Like he never, he never uh, quit doing the right thing. He made all the right choices, and his teammates saw that. Uh, certainly, Coach Saban did. And you're just seeing this more development out of him. And, and uh, I, I got it's it's a weird thing. I'm not saying I'm proud of him, but I am impressed with how far he has come both as a person and a player since I did that long story on him when he was 18 years old. He's a stand-up guy, and uh, Jalen Hurts is to be applauded for uh, being able to persevere. I mean, that's sports. It doesn't always go your way, and you don't always get to uh, hang on to a starting job, but as public and high-profile as Bama is, and, and that Tua v. Hertz situation was, uh, I would say more times than not, you're going to have it go the other way and, and have a uh, distraction and selfish moment uh, because you're not used to, to not being the guy. And, and he's uh, pretty much bulletproof with, you know, practice and what's, what he preaches and uh, his team first at that talent level, and that's to be commended. Good stuff with Lars Anderson. More on Hertz. Thoughts on Husker football and coach rule. When we come back, Hail Varsity, a Friday presented by Currency. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to hail varsity radio. A few more minutes. Lars Anderson with us says the Lars Anderson showdown in Tuscaloosa. And, uh, got a question. Yeah, go for it. Um, so for the first time since I've lived in Alabama, people are actually asking me about Nebraska. Specifically, they want to know, is Nebraska really going to get Dylan Rayola? <laughs> I mean, they can't, they can't believe that Nebraska is even in the running. 
And, and, and to me, that is sort of like the biggest question hanging over the Nebraska program right now. Uh, not that one 17 year old kid is going to turn around the entire program, but I'll, I'll say this when Nick Saban flipped Julio Jones, his first year, Julio Jones was all set to go play with Sam Bradford at Oklahoma, put up huge numbers there. Julio Jones is from Foley, Alabama, and Saban went down there and got him. That changed everything for the Alabama program just because Julio, Julio's, Julio is Julio. Athletically, man, he can he could he could do it all. You know, I know he just retired, but he says he was the single most important recruit of the Saban era. Is Rayola possibly that kind of guy for Nebraska? It is, and it, it will showcase not only the development mindset that Rule has and has won with, right, at Temple and at Baylor, and let's focus on the lines of scrimmage. But he's always done it with kind of a, a window between two and four star talent, uh, more so two and three star talent, uh, because of the Nebraska brand and, and quite honestly the Dominic and Donnie Riola connection. On top of the fact that, listen, Rules doing it the right way. He he does spend a lot of time on relationship building. Yeah, Nebraska's in it big time in it, and it's a family connection, but it's also a positive impression by coach rule and his staff. I mean, you know what, Lars, Elijah and I talk about this a lot and we like, you know, is it okay to feel different this time? Because for the last 20 years, the next move is supposed to be the okay move. Well, you know, Bill Callahan's going to bring in some recruits. He did. And it took Bo coaching him up. Uh, Not that Callahan was awful in hindsight, but it just didn't work out. Bo did a really good job. I'm a Bo guy. And, you know, it had run its course, and it was a mistake to get rid of a guy that's winning nine, ten ball games. You go to Riley, uh, just didn't get it, didn't fit, still a smart football mind. Disaster. Yeah, it was just it was just a just a bad fit. And and it's not that he's not a good football coach. He he is, or he's been a good offensive mind. And then Frost, everyone just whiffed on. It's too bad uh, because he he knows how to make the sausage, so to speak, and it just didn't work out. And now you bring in a rule, and, and everyone's super excited, and there's still some caution, more so don't want to get hurt again type mentality because of, of you know the Frost experience. But, dude, uh, rule knows what the hell he, he's doing. They are tireless recruiters. They are – very, very good evaluators. I know that's got to get proven out on Saturdays, but they're just after it and they've got good connections and they're pretty authentic to to Riola. I mean, yeah, you, you get that number one quarterback in the country. It flips the, the, the narrative between a, all right, this guy's a developer to, well, he's a developer and he can get elite talent. Um, I don't know if Riola is going to be, a Turner Gill, Tommy Frazier type changer at quarterback or not, as far as program changer, right? Going from good to great, but they're they're in the discussion. Uh, you're going to have a hard fight with USC, and uh, you're going to have a, a a really hard fight with Georgia. Now, sounds like Georgia's taking two quarterbacks uh, in their class. Uh, USC has other choices as well. Uh, what does Dylan want to do? Does he want to flip a program? 
or be part of a, another great lineage of, of first round or Heisman winners? That's a great point. So in this last recruiting class for Alabama, they had nine five stars, nine consensus five stars. And I looked it up. Do you guys know the last five star that Nebraska landed? Yeah, it was uh, – was it Baker, Steinkuhler? Is it Baker, Elijah, or is it Ty? It was Baker, Baker, no, Steinkuhler. No, no, no. It was uh, – wasn't it Marlon Lucky? What I found was Marlon Lucky. Okay. Marlon was, I think, an 05. It, he was kind of somewhere between four and five star, but he was there. Sue was a high, high, high four star, close to five star. But, yeah, it's been – it's been forever. It's been it's been 18 years. Lars, real quick, uh, want to get a uh, a quick thought on Indomic and Sue, and uh, we are having this chat early in the week Monday. Uh, is Sue a Hall of Famer to you? Yes. Is it, okay, it's not a not a debate. Okay, not a debate. I, I don't think he's first ballot Hall of Famer, but um, you just you, you look at what he's done throughout his career, and it's uh, absolute yes to me. However. He may have trouble because of the perception of him being a dirty player. Sure. No. Okay. Does Kevin Steele rent or own in Tuscaloosa? <laughs> uh, I think he rents. Okay. Yes. Just yeah. asking because he's yeah. back, you know, third time's the charm. Dude, he's always he's, – he's, I think he's the most well-traveled uh, college football coach in America at this point. He's been he's, everywhere. He's, been he's even huge. been in Nebraska. He coached our boy, John Hess. No, I know. He coached Hess, but that's just it. Like, you want to go get a killer recruiter? He's the hire. He was the hire for Saban. He was the hire for Dabo. He was the hire for LSU. Hire at Miami. Hire at Florida State. And now the third time back with Alabama. Yeah, and he was an interim head coach at um, Tennessee. And yeah, was it was, was it Auburn too? I forgot. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, and so it, it adds a little spice to the uh, Iron Bowl, <laughs> Alabama and Auburn, because uh, Auburn eventually they 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 came down to two. It's either Kevin Steele or Brian Harson, and they went with Harson, who was just. If you think Scott Frost was a, a disaster. Just check out what Brian Harson did to the Auburn program in about I, two years. Well, Harson, I mean, dude, Harson had horrible rumors about him, much like Scott. And also, you had the you had the you had the uh, War Eagle Mafia after him. I I can't imagine the Auburn booster surrounding trying to oust a coach like like they did. I mean, it was it was pretty unbearable. And then you know, the, the play on the field spoke for itself. So, yeah. Oh, coaching at Auburn is uh, something that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many different factions that you have to appease. Yeah. And uh, I'll say this, Hugh free so far is doing really well. Uh, uh, he's he's getting, getting some, getting some good talent and, you know, I, I've, I've spent time with Hugh. He often says one thing and does another, but <laughs> uh, the guy can coach. The guy can coach. He, uh, he was uh, very uh, skilled in the art of political discourse. Yeah. I love and, and then the funny thing is, like, Auburn is all about family, 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 uh-huh. family, family. <laughs> and then Pew Freeze, not necessarily the definition of a good family, man. Uh, uh, I think the word's now. flawed. I think we're all flawed. <laughs> hey, we're Lars all flawed. Lord knows Lars I Anderson am. with us, the uh, Lars Anderson Show in Birmingham. Good stuff on Jalen Hurts, the Super Bowl, some Husker talk. Before sure. we get Lars out, 
Lars, you willing to lock in a prediction for Sunday? Uh, Super Bowl prediction, it would be 27-24 Chiefs. I'm going with uh, the best player on the field, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And the second best player on the field is Travis Kelsey. There we have it, at Lars Anderson 71 is where you follow him on Twitter. Lars, we'll see you soon when you get back this way. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. Always love being on the show. And uh, Chris, got to get you back on my show ASAP. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Uh, over on Sister Station uh, in Lincoln, KFOR, we'll have Pius and East tonight, 720 myself and uh, Coach Jeff Smith. So excited for that uh, action tonight. Bill Dolman, 10 minutes away, cover the week of sports with him from NFL to NBA to some Husker thoughts. Brady Altman's going to join us in the second hour, and then Danny Burke with Beeson Sports Network as uh, we'll get his prediction, his props, his uh, insight with uh, a way to maybe make some money, not sponsored nor endorsed. Uh, We don't want you to go gamble if that's an issue for you. But you might uh, have a buddy who uh, responsibly uh, does so somewhere. (laughs) It's legal here. It's just not available here. Reminder to get buckled up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. More thoughts from folks. Uh, What are you doing for the Super Bowl food-wise? Brian's doing brisket. Uh, Dion says, brother, I'm doing uh, beef burritos tonight. Uh, Michael says... Fly, Eagles, fly. Michael's been a Eagles fan for, dare I say, since the Jaworski days. <laughs> the uh, Dick Vermeil era. So, longtime Eagles fan. Just didn't know that. Buddy Clay was an Eagles fan. He had the Eagles uh, kind of uh, starter jacket, the pullover. Uh, that was good. Pastor Shike, my pastor, was rocking his uh, vintage Reggie White jersey last Sunday at church. So, got a handful of Eagle fans. They get a bad name, though, because most of their fan base. We all saw the video of the Dallas hockey fan with the mullet get tooled on in the third row at the uh, NHL game a couple of nights ago. Mm -hmm. That is just normal conversation in Philly. Well... If you ever want a good explanation of, of why Philly fans can and often are the worst, uh, Bill Burr. I've shown this to Schmitty before. Yes. The, yes, the yes. Bill Burr, like, rant, v- very not safe for work, not safe for family, uh, not safe for, for life just in general with the, 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 the 
the obscene nature of this rant that Bill Burr goes on in the city of Philadelphia. But look that up if you ever find yourself <laughs> uh, wanting a reason to that's, dislike Philly. That's that's 12 minutes. He's getting health heckled. He loses it in Philly and then starts blasting the city. It's a, is it 12 minutes? Yeah, 12 or so minutes. It's really what put Bill Burr on the map. And yeah, well, it's, it's the end of his it's the end of his set, and he goes scorched earth. And after each insult, he's like ten minutes left. Uh, <laughs> I can do this all day, and and he knows about angry and traumatized fan bases. I know the Celtics have won a ton and continue to win, but there's some similarities with that East Coast anger. That's a, a very real thing. Philly's good. I respect their team, but they uh, they like to throw. I, I remember my torment back in uh, this would have been I think late middle school. My buddy Jackson, uh, Jackson was a big Eagles fan, and he fit it to a T. He thought Andy Reid was the most worthless coach in NFL history, and he, he has That's yet to great. take it back. He's yet to take it back. Classic he, Philly he thing. Killed it with Donovan McNabb, and Donovan was good, but he became great. Hour two on the way. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office. Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Was just reviewing Bill Burr and his moment on stage uh, versus the city of Philadelphia. We welcome in the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. can watch the show live, can always hear us across the Hale Varsity Radio network, but check us out on video Hale Varsity YouTube channel, also uh, streaming the show live on the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at H Varsity Radio. Bill Dolman with us at Bill Dolman on Twitter. The professor, NBC Sports, the pride of Fairbury. Billy D, how was Fremont? Fremont was a great trip. Uh, met with a lot of uh, fine young students there, selling them on the, uh, uh, the 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 greatness that is the University of Nebraska while hoping not to crush the souls of those who may want to get into journalism one day. So the balancing act, right? 
<laughs> yeah, I just gave him a dose of reality, you know. But no, it was nice to go up there and visit. Hadn't been to Fremont for a long time, and always good to visit the great, uh, great little towns across Nebraska. Well, it's it's uh, it's got to be sobering to tell them. Yeah, I've had this great career, and the only radio show that will have me on every single week is just <laughs> Hale Varsity Radio. That's 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 the future these kids have in store for them. <laughs> wow. You know, it's all it's always to do a little, it's always good to do a little charity in life and so, you know, I tell them that's why I'm here. <laughs> Bill Dolman, thank you for that, Elijah. Um, we just got our jabs and we move on. I've been laughing though. When you mentioned Bill Burr, I just that just makes me laugh because I think that guy's pretty funny, and it's nice to know that there are still comedians out there who don't give a flying Fairberry about what they say. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned Fremont, um, urban legend with uh, my father and some of his buddies. And I don't know how this played out, but uh, urban legend has it that dad was in Fremont, and I don't know that he was along for this adventure. <laughs> never never uh, pinned him on it, but one of his buddies left a sport coat that had his name on the inside of it at Boomer's. Um, <laughs> and uh, a golf it, it, I don't know, but the point is, is, uh, yeah, you get a, uh, a return address from Boomers in Fremont uh, with your sport coat <laughs> sent back to you. How do you uh, how do you lay that out? <laughs> how do you how do you get out of that gem? Uh, how was a golf tournament, honey? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, so just go ahead and finish out the didn't story. Lose, didn't didn't lose a ball. Um, so. <laughs> quarterbacks we started the show off talking quarterbacks dolman where from a priority standpoint how big of a strength of the team does quarterback need to be if you're nebraska football moving forward well i think you have to have somebody who's accomplished in what you know what matt rule wants to do and if you don't have all the pieces around there to to get the job done then it doesn't really matter how good your quarterback is you know you, you go back to the whole thing about you know joe burrow wanting to go to nebraska but ending up at lsu and boy if nebraska gotten joe burrow what would have history been like well i think that joe burrow probably would have gotten beat up and you know not nearly had the legendary career that he had i think anybody who you know looks back at that time understands Nebraska did not have the personnel that, you know, Joe Burrow got to play with at LSU. And that made Joe Burrow a hell of a lot better quarterback when he had all those weapons and all that protection. You know, if if Nebraska is able to land a difference maker at quarterback and that attracts some other good players, or let's say there's already some good players in the fold, right? And maybe the kid in Arizona is attracted to that. And it's all complimentary. A great quarterback is was a great quarterback probably was not going to make Scott Frost's tenure at Nebraska that much better because they just didn't have the personnel on the field or on the sidelines to make it all work. Right? Uh when Tommy Frazier was recruited back in nineteen ninety one, ninety two, there were some pretty good offensive linemen in that that program that you know tommy's a difference maker and he was not afraid to go in and make nebraska winner this is the one thing about dylan rayola that you know i keep hearing about well is he going to want to go win championships at georgia or is he going to go want to you know win heisman trophies with lincoln riley 
And now we know that Georgia might be taking two or three quarterbacks in the next class. But I'm thinking, you know, maybe Dylan Rayola wants to go be the winner that everybody thinks that he could be. And he wants to go make a difference and help Nebraska become a winner. And if there's already great players in the system and he sees that, maybe Nebraska is a lot more attractive and his legacy is a lot greater if he goes to Nebraska and turns it into a winner than if he goes to Georgia to, you know, jump on that uh, that speedboat. So, yeah, a quarterback's important, but it's only as good as the personnel around. Well, it's it's un- it's almost the same argument that we have with in-state kids, Bill, where it's it's – yeah, these kids grew up dreaming of playing with that N on the side of their helmet, but the question is right now, after the last decade, how much sway does that carry whenever you say, you know what, this is my future we're talking about here, and I want to go play in the NFL someday, and I look at this place in Georgia and USC, and their quarterbacks go off to the NFL and go do really well in the NFL, or they go win a national championship in college while they're here, and then you look at Nebraska and you go, what are they going to do for me? So I think it's almost that that head versus the heart right now for Dylan Rylo, where it's, yeah, I grew up, my dad was a Husker, I grew up wanting to be a Husker, but now that it's, it's time to make my decision, I have to think about my future here long and hard. Right. But, okay, let's let's talk about the two difference-making quarterbacks, real difference-makers. Nebraska's had good quarterbacks in the past. Jerry Godowski, Keith McCann, Big 8 Conference Players of the Year, Scott Frost, Eric Crouch. But the real difference-makers who turned the program around, Turner Gill, okay? It came down to Nebraska and Oklahoma. And Turner Gill, I still say the most important recruit in Nebraska football history, but he came here because he wanted to be coached by and developed by Tom Osborne, and he wasn't afraid of the fact that Oklahoma had owned Nebraska over the last, you know, the previous six years or whatever it had been. I'm going to go here. I believe in my abilities, and I'm going to help Coach Osborne do what he wants to do, and look what he did, right? Tommy Frazier was not afraid to jump on in Nebraska. Remember when Tommy was signed was not exactly, you know, flying high. We're talking about the early nineties, 90, 90, 91, the losses to Georgia tech and, and Oklahoma. And the program was like, Oh my gosh, is Tom Osborne the guy? Tommy Frazier believed in himself enough that I can go there and I can be the winner they expect me to be, and I'm going to go help them win national championships, not because they're already doing it, and I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. Well, maybe Dylan Rayola has that kind of mentality. You know what? I believe in Matt Rule. I want to be developed by that guy and his staff. And I think that that program is right where it needs to be to be great again, and I want to be a part of that. So what's the mentality? I don't know. You know, they're talking about Rayola making his decision here in the spring. Why, why not make it after you start to see Nebraska develop a little bit and goes, yeah, you know what? That is the place I want to be. Plenty of time to, to make the call. And, you know, it's been a fun discussion. And, and I think you, you put it perfectly with being the guy and supporting cast, right? I mean, rarely – is it a one-man show? We saw Crouch get a team to the national championship. That that 0-1 Nebraska defense was good and had some real good ball players and some pros. Offensively, they were a shadow of what 99 was. Okay, so Crouch drug that team offensively uh, to to an 11 and two season and. That's, I mean, one-man band. That's not nice or fair to say to some of the guys on the offense that year, but that's what it felt like comparatively to some of the other teams that were knocking on that door. Uh, I look at uh, around the college football world. I mean, look at look where Clemson went when they got Watson. I know Watson's had his issues in the NFL. And then they stacked it because they hit right 
with, uh, with, with Trevor Lawrence. Vince Young in Texas. Look how he elevated them from, what was Texas doing? They were going 9-3 and three and handing the ball off to Ricky Williams and Priest Holmes, and then they, and then they had the Sims and, and Applewhite deal. And then there's Vince Young, where they hit it, Tebow. Uh, and and Florida, and I know he kind of had a role and then took off, but I mean, it, it really you can count on a few. Cam Newton, he's another example of kind of a one man band. So it can be done, but it's hard as hell to do it. I mean, you've got to be the best of the best of the best if you can mold it. And Nebraska Bill did a great job of loading up through the portal last year with some difference makers, and I think Casey or Sims. Can it's not a knock on them, but they can be beyond serviceable. They can be good. They can be all-conference or second-team all-conference or third-team all-conference, that level, and it can be a really good starting point for Rule and company, but then what's next? How do you move? And and I'm wondering if, if there's a guy out there like a Gill or a Frazier to, um, to really accelerate things, and I, I just don't know. Well, time will tell if Raiola is that guy. Yeah, and but I think we I think you can get a good sense just on you know the, the way Nebraska has approached him, okay? And everybody says that that has been done extremely well. Nebraska's done everything it could possibly do. Uh, they've sent every coach down there that they can within the rules, as if there are any rules anymore in, in college football. <laughs> but Nebraska stayed within the rules. They've done whatever they can. It's Thanksgiving Day every day at the Royola House, so all the family can gather together and have some turkey from now until uh, the next signing day. But you know, I, I would think if you take a look at the, the state of Nebraska football, when that kid made his decision to go to Ohio State, I think people in Nebraska said, doggone it, we lost another opportunity. This just isn't going well. There's a malaise about it. They just didn't get the job done. He's going to Ohio State, but we get it. Changes have happened. People are feeling good about Nebraska football. All the reviews about Nebraska football nationally are trending in the right direction. The recruiting class seems to have been met with uh, very high praise. And if you're Dylan Rayola and all the other people in the class of 23, 24, you got to be going, you know, there's some good vibes coming out of there. Maybe I ought to take a look at this again and give it a serious look that that might be, even though they haven't won a championship in a while or had a winning season in a while, but that might be a place that I'd like to go and jump on that train and lead it back to where it once was. And so, you know, look, Dylan Rayola is not going to be the one who makes Nebraska football all by himself. But I, it would appear as though Nebraska's recruiting efforts right now have put some pretty good pieces in place and feel good vibes that people are going to want to be a part of it, whether it's him or not. Well, I think all you need to look at as a as a Husker fan or as a member of the Husker coaching staff is what Quinn Ewers did with Texas last season. Texas hasn't been relevant in damn near a decade, about as long as Nebraska, yet they're taking Alabama down to the wire because Quinn Ewers had a phenomenal first half and, and really injected a lot of life into that Texas football program. And even though he goes down, he brings talent into that Texas football program. And that looked like a more talented Texas football team last year than we've seen in a long time. Right. And, and, you know, viewers. Uh, viewers did a great job and Manning's on board with them now. And, you know, there's there's some good momentum maybe with the Texas program. They didn't finish strong, you know, but uh, and now that you know, you've got the uncertainty of going into the SEC. But, you know, I, I think everything's trending right for Nebraska. And if, if a Dylan Rayola jumps on, great. But nobody can fault Nebraska for their efforts, even if they may fall short. And if they do land in, great. Bill, Super Bowl, about 90 seconds, partner. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Excitement level is what? 
I'm looking forward to watching Ndamukong Sue. Uh, I, I I think this is probably it for his career. And as somebody who just loved watching him, you know, throw Texas quarterbacks around like uh, they were bad nephews, uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> and and yeah, you know, I think this is probably going to this is going to be his final game. And I, I'm going to savor watching watching him play. Um, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be healthier, obviously, because he's had time to heal from the AFC championship game and whatnot. But I just think Philadelphia has just been so good all season long. Uh, but I'm going to savor watching Sue uh, make get at least one more quarterback sack and get another ring and, you know, take that ring into the Hall of Fame. In a, uh, in a food draft, are you drafting Philly cheesesteaks or Kansas City barbecue? You know, Kansas City barbecue probably had more, but it's interesting when you go to Philly and you know Philly people and you ask them where I should go get one, everybody's got a guy. Oh, no, this is where you got to go. No, 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 you don't want to go that guy. I got a guy. So everybody's got a guy who makes the best Philly cheesesteak in Philly. But Kansas City barbecue, I think, uh, outweighs it all. You know, KC barbecue's pretty legendary uh, yeah. pretty well done and uh, I, I lean barbecue uh, are you yeah. buying stock in the Suns to get a ring with the Durant trade you've done a lot of work in the NBA that that was not expected Durant was probably freaking out but in the same way he's probably smiling quite heavily today. <laughs> he's got to be the happiest guy at the trade deadline I think what they made was sh- the move they made was shrewd um, they're going to get him back after the trade deadline. I think they're going to be everything Brooklyn hoped that they were going to be. Um, and that was a disaster with Harden and, and Irving and Durant. But I think Chris Paul and and Durant can probably coexist much better together. And, you know, Devin Booker is going to get healthy. They're right now one of, what, four teams that are about eight games back in the West. And uh, I would not be surprised if the experience they had, what was it, last year? And Monty Williams is a great coach. I I think that was a difference-making trade big time that they've got to be one of the favorites in the West. And I would think that um, Brooklyn is probably boarding up the windows and calling it good. Best thing I saw about the uh, the, the Durant, Harden, Kyrie era in Brooklyn was that it was just like the time in Muppets Take Manhattan when the Muppets – unsuccessfully attempted to take Manhattan and then split up and left Manhattan. Yeah, they got out of Dodge. Uh, that did not work. That, that did not work there. Bill, we'll see you this weekend, bud. Thanks for a few minutes today. All right. Go Big Red. See you guys. There he is, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor, Bill Dolman. More Husker football thoughts, some Super Bowl stuff. Brady Oatman's on the way. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Bill Dolman and, uh, of course, Danny Burke, VEASAN Sports Network on the way. 
Brady Oldman's back with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Talk a little Big Red and some Super Bowl. At Brady Oldman's on Twitter. Brady, how you doing, man? You look, uh, well, you look happy. And I don't know that that's an us thing or that the Super Bowl's around the corner. Thanks for the time. Yeah, how could I ever possibly be upset talking with you guys again? You know, it's it's good to be back among old friends here. Well, you know, if someone's just tuning in for the first time on on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, I mean, the the backdrop does look again a little bit like a hostage situation, but that's that's okay. That, that's all right. He got upgraded uh, to the better hostage room. He's got windows now. They're giving him some sunlight every single day. That's true. He's like one of the the, the really important hostages. They're asking a lot of money. Right, for right. So I just want to make sure that he's being fed and treated well. Uh, speaking of food, where we've got a running uh, Q and A going with what you're doing for the Super Bowl. We've got uh, brisket, brisket nachos. Uh, and uh, Randy's saying we're having some beef tongue tacos. Ooh, some lingua. I've 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 not had uh, beef tongue for a while, but I've had it. It's really good. Are you uh, going to go wings, or what are you doing for for the Super Bowl? Uh, usually, a pretty good primer for me is you do like the barbecue little Smokies. Yeah. Um, yes. Do like little um, soft pretzel bites or like a little mozzarella bites those are good ones and then that kind of ramps you up a little bit to i don't know i could just nibble on some appetizers all day but then yeah you, you pick it up to wings or um or even just like a good just a good pizza too it's just a nice little mm-hmm. a nice little something and or barbecue burgers anything like that some grill food to kind of hold you over do you prefer yeah, the, uh, the 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 home cooked meal for the Super Bowl, or do you prefer the takeout? I know a lot of people like the pizza, they like getting the wings from somewhere. Other people, uh, I think Schmidt and myself fall into the category. You you, you need the home cooked meal for the Super Bowl. Well, what say Brady Oltman's? I say home cooked. Um, when I back when I was working at the Journal Star part time, I'd work at Kohl's and I got a good deal on a three three compartment slow cooker. So I've got three different little two and a half quart, you know, slow cookers right together there. So I put like Smokies, a little queso dip and just, a, you know, kind of a wild card pot in there too. So uh, that's usually my go-to on, on days like Sunday. I think I'm going to double uh, fist it here, uh, do a little Azari's and then uh, some beef short ribs on the smoker. You're both invited. Nebraska is uh, on our mind here, and uh, we talked with Dolman here about the, you know, what you need at quarterback. And Brady, uh, a thought with Nebraska right now. First, start with uh, with Wager and uh, your impressions yesterday, and just I know you've done some research uh, on w- w- with your contacts in Texas. You know what's what's Wager's uh, rep? Uh, I was super impressed. Loved hearing from him yesterday. But it, in your opinion here, what, what's Nebraska getting beyond just the tight ends and special teams insight? Uh, well, he's kind of an interesting guy. Um, realistically, he was a he was a football player who wanted to be a football player, um, and then a uh, knee injury. Um, back in, I think it was in Massachusetts, his Springfield College in Massachusetts. He had a knee injury that limited his playing days. And he, like a lot of people, read Friday Night Lights and said, I want to coach Texas football. Wow. Traded, and traded, traded in his Jeep and hot, got a motorcycle and rode his motorcycle down to Texas to coach high school football in Texas. And um, next thing you know, he's got a, a 30-year head coaching career in Texas. Um, 
one of the, I guess the easiest way to put it is he comes from Arlington, you know, it's where the Cowboys and the Rangers have their stadiums just nestled in there between Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, they've got a couple of different high schools and every once in a while it would be, you know, one high school would be better, one high, it would be that high school's year and they'd kind of cycle like that. Once Bob Wager became the head coach at Arlington Martin, Martin was the football school in, in Arlington. Um, he, he coached Miles Garrett there, built up a pretty good reputation for himself. He was at one point on the board of directors for the Texas High School Coaches Association, very well respected. And he's, he's interesting. He's hired as the tight ends coach, same position that Joey McGuire was hired to at Baylor. And that worked out well for Joey and for Baylor and Rule and everything. Um, and then I've been told to keep an eye on special teams because he is a special teams assistant at Nebraska he also had an uncanny ability to scheme like wild special teams plays. They don't like once a game, they would average a, a, a unique return or block or something. Some big special teams play would spring it. And he kind of alluded to that um, at the podium or lectern yesterday of, of that. It's something that they can kind of build separation between them and other teams is get a bust a big play on special teams and really kind of put a game away. So one of the things we've talked about over the past couple of weeks with Wager is the fact that, you know, what he, he does bridge the gap between Nebraska and Texas in terms of recruiting. But you're saying that there is more to this higher than just recruiting. This isn't Matt Rule going, you know what, the recruiting's big and, and he'll be a good enough coach on the field. You think that there's actually uh, some respect between Matt Rule and, and Wager with what Wager brings from a, an actual coaching capability standpoint with the tight ends and special teams? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Matt Rule's not going to hire a guy just because he's a, a friend or, you know, got connections. He's every single person has basically been handpicked or met a certain amount of criteria for Matt Rule and what he wants to do. Now, having said that, Bob Wager also comes with immense connections and a big reputation, as do a lot of the people he's trying to get in, Rule is trying to get involved with from Texas. So he's a guy that I think he, he's very respectful. I mean, first thing he did was stand up. He walked one by one down the rows and sh- shook people's hands. He's the only uh, assistant or positional coach or head coach for that matter. I've sat in on those who's done that. So he's a very kind of old, old ball coach style guy, but he's, I mean, he gets after it. He's high in energy. He got that as coaching staff at Martin. And I think that that's something that kind of rallies guys together, this coaching staff and the players. And so I, I foresee that happening at Nebraska as well. That speaks quite loudly doesn't it that he's leaving all he's built down there in the heart of texas to join rule that's huge that that does not happen that does not happen now money's money but this is more of i want to i want to work with this guy i want to build with this guy yeah yeah he kind of alluded to it a little bit there had been um, he didn't outright say it, but he said that there were opportunities in the past um, in reference to getting into college coaching, but the timing wasn't right. Uh, this year, I think Gage Wager is going to walk on at Nebraska in the fall. Uh, that's his his son, obviously. Um, he He's done his time. Um, it's Matt Rule. He respects Matt Rule to the utmost, and Nebraska means a lot to him. You know, he was a formative kid. I mean, he went to – he he was at the prime of his, like, football fandom and wanting to be a college coach in the 90s so nebraska still means a lot to him so his between his son matt rule and nebraska those three things kind of made this uh uh the the time to get into college brady oltman's is with us here it's hail varsity radio and brady one of our topics for the day has been that that high level quarterback discussion how important is it to a rebuilding program like nebraska to get a high level quarterback and you know exactly where i'm gonna be going with this one 
the Riola radar. There's been a lot out there this week with, oh, Georgia offered another in-state quarterback in the class of 2024. Georgia wants two quarterbacks this cycle. And well, is Georgia out on the Dylan Riola sweepstakes? What have you been hearing uh, in regards to your Riola radar? Um, I think Georgia's still in play. Uh, the the offering another quarterback is kind of interesting. Um, I think from what I have heard, te- or Georgia has kind of they've made it clear that they wanted to take two quarterbacks, and you know, in this class, um, Dylan might be being the number one overall recruit might be like your go to, you know, kind of the 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 he's getting ahead of the pack basically as soon as he steps in on campus. Um, and especially since Georgia, as great as that team has been, quarterback has been kind of that position that they haven't been elite at. Um, so I, I wouldn't uh, be too surprised if they tried to build that competition. Now, having said that, Dylan decommitted from Ohio State as soon as they, you know, went hard in on um, on the quarterback out of South Dakota last year and, and got his commitment. Now, I... Nebraska's certainly made inroads. Nebraska's certainly gaining a lot of ground. And if you know Dominique, you know Nebraska's not just another school in that household. I mean, that means a lot to him. And I think Dylan sees the that excitement about Matt Rule, the coaching staff making the full blitz in Arizona. Uh, but I think right now they're, they're scheduling visits around. He'll be in Nebraska in March. And then uh, I, we'll kind of see how things lie after visit time. Brady, do you have to be elite at quarterback? Got to be really good. But do you have to be elite to uh, to be a player, to be a playoff team? No, I think – and I think George is a really good case. You can have a Trent Dilfer kind of game manager guy. You don't have to be superb. But, I mean, to to Stetson Bennett's credit, come big games, he's, he's, shy, he's shown. Like, he's good. He stepped into the spotlight <laughs> and he's good. You know, I – but I think, especially with realignment and the way that everything's going to change in the upcoming years, I mean, you're talking about by the time Dylan Rayola, hypothetically, were he to step in on campus at Nebraska, his first games would be with UCLA and USC in the conference and expanded playoff while Texas and Oklahoma just stepped into the SEC. I mean, it's an entirely different world. And I think with this new coaching staff, it's going to be interesting what they do and how they scheme because Nebraska really – They've, they've had dynamic quarterbacks, but I don't know when the last time you said, like, you have an elite top five quarterback, something like that. Um, I think they can go without that, but Matt Rule is also a – he likes quarterbacks. That's one of the positions that he wants to be on site before he offers. He likes to get involved and really see the mechanics of it. So I'm, I'm willing to bet that he really wants to get a good, good elite quarterback to help kind of lead the charge into this new era of Husker football. Be a lot cooler if you did, uh, to quote a famous movie shot in Texas, if you uh, you get that five-star elite quarterback. Uh, where are you at with the Super Bowl? We, we're doing predictions with all of our guests. Elijah and I will have ours in a bit. Are you uh, Team Sue or are you Team DiCaprio? I'm, I don't know. I, I have no personal rooting interest involved. Um, I'm mostly I'm I'm rooting for Rihanna. You just want I'm someone to cover. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, between between the spread and Rihanna and and all that, I'm going to be in the commercials. I'll be fine. But um, you know, as a I was going to school at UNL when when I watched Dominic and Sue, you know, go through that mm-hmm. legendary season, and I think that there is still something very tangible to the university in that program and him 
Um, I I would agree with Bill Dolman that this this might be his swan song, kind of you know take a bow, everybody you know send him his flowers kind of thing, um, and that would be a cool moment for him to go out on top. But also you got a couple of young Huskers on there that have done their time and are 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 budding really at the right time for mm-hmm. a potential Super Bowl winning team, um, and Jack Stoll and Cam Jurgens. So it'd be interesting. I'd like to see. DiCaprio get off the practice squad and maybe you know do some special teams something or other for the Chiefs but if if I were to you know hand to the fire pick one I'd say Eagles but you know that's that's just me on a whim Brady will check in this weekend thanks for the time today bud appreciate you guys and now and now back to Hale Varsity Radio Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. It's time for Burke's Best Bets. As you'll see a little bit later with the posting of the show on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Danny Burke joins us live from, dare I say, the Burke Lair. Uh, as uh, plenty of Chicago flavor in the backdrop of the Pride of Chicago, Bees and Sports Network at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, uh, it's... Uh, a monster day Sunday with the Super Bowl. How are we doing? I'm doing good, fellas. You know, it's it's gotten to that point where now that we've gotten to about the two week hump, we're finally just like, can we get there? You know, we've we've beat we beat the horse pretty much to a, a pulp here about uh you know the, the different angles of this game for props aside the totals. There's not that big a line movement except from where it originally opened. Now you're more just looking to see where these numbers close. But, hey, we got to make the most of it, right? It's the last game for quite some time. What's your thought here? Minus one and a half, Phillies favored over under at 51. Do you see it dropping, nudging up? Any any futures here uh, as you uh, get closer to Sunday? Yeah, that's kind of what a lot of people are trying to speculate, even from the guys behind the counter, because as you guys probably know, I mean, the Super Bowl really is the one game a year where the public does have an impact on this line, where you just look at normal Sunday slates. It's the sharp attention that can manipulate these spreads, these odds, all of those things. But because of how heavy the volume and betting percentages are and how many people bet who normally wouldn't, this will affect where these lines go. And it seems like, to me and just based off some of the data i mean the public team seems to more so reside with philadelphia so you know some books open two and a half in favor of kansas city and but now we saw that immediately flip to as high as the eagles minus two and a half right but you have to be cognizant sometimes the books open those numbers where they do because they have liability on kansas city for example one of the guys i was hosting with over at circus sports which is the world's largest casino or not casino pardon me world's largest sports book um, so they open up Kansas City minus two and a half, but they did that. So they knew they would attract money to come on Philadelphia and they could take off some of the liability that they hold on the Chiefs because they took a six figure bet on Kansas City at 10 to one to win the championship before the season started. So that kind of goes into the line and then you get the different impact from the players betting it. So where I think it's going to end. I don't know. I, you know, I've heard people say minus one in favor of Philly. I, I feel like we're going to get an influx of Eagles money from the public uh, as we lead up to game time. I wouldn't be surprised if the consensus spot gets back to Philly too. I don't know about two and a half, maybe, but realistically, it'll probably get like to two and then probably close. I don't know, one and a half, one, pretty much where it is now. I, I don't think it's going to be too drastic in terms of where it closes, but I'm sure it'll fluctuate within a point between that time. Danny Burks with us here. It's Burks Best Bets on Hale Varsity Radio. And Danny, 
the line is its own thing. Where I like the Super Bowl is, is all the props. And I'll get into some weird prop bets here in a second, but specifically with the game and the players in action on Sunday. Are there any props that you like that you think, you know, as we get closer to game time, some of these numbers looking pretty attractive? I know we, we kind of dove into this a little bit last week, but I want to get your final say here before the game. Yeah, so I told you guys last week, and this number is certainly uh, moved, so I'm not going to recommend it as much per se, but I told you Isaiah Pacheco over 63 and a half rushing and receiving. So that's gotten bumped up. So I wouldn't recommend it if it's over 65 and a half. But if you get him like 50 in the hook or lower in terms of his rushing yards, I would still play that to the over. Uh, some other props that we didn't discuss, speaking of running backs, I like Miles Sanders under 13 and a half rush attempts in this game. Now, he did average a little bit over 15 during the regular season. In the playoffs, he had 17 and 11 respectively, but the game that he had 17 in was against the Giants where they just absolutely dismantled them and they could afford to keep handing off the ball left and right. Now, if they can do that in general, that's going to be the strategy they want to implement because they're a ground and pound attack type of team, and that's what they want to utilize. However, they also go with a running back by committee, right? You got Kenneth Gainwell back there. You got you had Boston Scott who was taking reps. You had Jalen Hurts who obviously can be a runner. And if there's the slightest moment where Kansas City is putting the pressure on them, whether they have the lead early or they're trying to play back and forth, keep up, or Kansas City is adjusting and containing the run, I think that's going to freak out this Eagles offense a little bit, force them to pass it a little more, knowing to keep up with the Chiefs in their offense, you will have to throw it. So, I look, Miles Sanders could be the lead back, but 13 and a half just seems really steep in this type of high-pressured game where we're – assuming it's going to be higher scoring based on this total in these offenses. So, uh, and also the last six games, he's only gone over this mark twice. So I like it under 13 and a half. I had him at minus 110. I'd probably play that still under 13 and a half, even if you're laying a little bit more juice. Another bet that I did, guys, I did players to attempt to pass over two and a half. I originally saw it at plus 165, but I didn't pull trigger till a little bit later and got plus 150. You're going to see some trickery in this game, right? That's what we usually see in the big setting. And also, both of these quarterbacks are a little bit banged up. So if for some reason they get hurt a little bit, have to take a series off, that will put in one of the backups and they'll throw a pass. So I like that they're giving you plus money. I did Chiefs total touchdowns over two and a half at minus 160. Look, if the Chiefs aren't scoring three touchdowns in this game, they have no shot. And they can lose and score three touchdowns, certainly. But if they're not scoring three in general, I think the Eagles are absolutely going to roll on them. So I'd be shocked if Kansas City doesn't find the end zone three times, considering they've averaged three and a half total touchdowns per game. And then I had a couple of like bets that are not like for fun per se. I mean, they are, but it's more like, yeah, this is good value, but I'm not going to go nuts with it. I did last play of the game to not be a quarterback rush slash QB Neal. Two to one was the price that I saw on that. Other books had plus 150, but I saw two to one. I mean, this could very well, as indicated by the odds to spread, come down right to the wire. Maybe a team's trying to tie it up, get a game-winning drive, whatever it may be. Who knows? It, it's almost, it's not really a coin flip. I, I'm sure statistically, if you look at it, more games end on a Neal than not. But still, I, I love the value here at two to one. And then same with this bet that I found total number of coaches challenges. One and a half was the number, guys. And the over was plus 254. High offensive game, probably a higher probability. You're going to have some fluky, wonky plays that need reviews. That's a pretty good price for something that could easily happen with these coaches and in this game setting. So, again, I'm not saying it's a standard, normal type of unit bet, but throw a little bit of cheese on that and get involved with some of these good value plays. Danny, before we get you out of here, just a couple of the ridiculous prop bets I need to get your take on. I'm not going to give you the line. I just want your gut feeling. We're going to start it off with the opening coin toss. Heads or tails? 
Oh, I'm a tails guy through and through. It could be, you know, heads every year, but I'm always going tails. Tails never fails, baby. Okay, Danny, does a field goal or extra point hit the uprights or crossbar during the Super Bowl? Do we get a doink? I saw that. Look, I I wouldn't bet that one. I, I would say no, I guess, if I have to go rapid fire. I'll say no to that. How many times will the chains be used for measurement? The line set at one and a half. Ooh. I would go over on that. Do you have the price on those? Uh, it's about even both ways. Okay, yeah, I would go over on that. Okay, and then uh, two left. Which song will Rihanna open the halftime show with? Just to let you know, your betting favorites are Work, Umbrella, and Disturbia. I'll go with Work, but Umbrella would be a close second. That's got to be close. Okay, last one, Danny. What color is that Gatorade bath at the end of the game? I'm going to go with, like, the line, you know, yellowish-greenish color. That's what I'm going to rock with. Uh, Those are always so tricky. You got to wait mm-hmm. till someone tweets it out on the sideline, and then that's when you got to – well, usually they close the markets by then, but you got to get some kind of insider info there. As of right now, Lemon Lime is plus 300. And I guess I'll bring one more for you here because why not? Who will be the first person that the Super Bowl MVP thanks after the game? You got teammates right, at 3 to 2, coach at 12 to yeah. 1, family at 12 to 1, God is at 3 to 1, so teammates have better odds than God. And then the owner is at 12 to 1. <laughs> I can't fade God. What are you talking about? I got to go God at 3 to 1. That would have been my guess regardless. I, I think Mahomes did it when they won the AFC Championship, he thank God. And Hurts, I think, is a religious guy too. So assuming those are going to be your MVPs with whatever team wins, they're the favorites, I'll go with God at 3 to 1. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Danny Burke with us. Burke's best bets. Hail Varsity Radio at Danny Burke 5, giving you coverage all weekend with Beeson Sports Network. Danny, we'll wind it down, and uh, what, where, where is that trust at for you? Is it in Philly's roster, or is it in the experience? And, and of course, there's some talent with Mahomes and Andy Reid and that pass rush of, of Kansas City. Uh, uh, gun with uh, no bullets in it, of course, but two head. <laughs> here, uh, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the edict here from Danny Burke? Yeah, the latter of what you said is what I'm going with, being the experience of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I feel like maybe not being neglected, but just not as honed in on as much as it should be, guys, is that this is their third Super Bowl trip together with the trio of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey, and some other parts who have been involved with the team. But look, if you're telling me you're betting the Eagles, I'm not going to clamor my fist and saying you're wrong because of these reasons. There's all the reasons in the world to go to Philly. I mean, pound for pound, they have the better matchups. Statistically, all the metrics point toward Philadelphia, but the experience and the adversity that this team has been involved with being Kansas City not only this season, but in seasons past, 
that experience will prove to bode well for them. Philly has not had their backs against the wall this entire season. The best quarterback they have faced is Aaron Rodgers, and this was Aaron Rodgers, one of his worst seasons we've seen in quite some time, relatively speaking. So this is a completely different class that they're stepping up to. Once they face that pressure and get taken out of their comfort zone, who knows how they're going to react because we haven't seen it happen to them. Plus, Andy Reid going against his former team, Andy Reid Mahomes. They got embarrassed in the last Super Bowl. Man, this team's going to be ready. They've had two weeks to prepare. I know the defense isn't as great, but I think they'll be able to contain them well enough to give Mahomes and the offense the opportunity to get out to that early lead, and that's where they'll take advantage in this game. So I took plus two with the Chiefs. What are the uh, the long odds for uh, Sue for MVP? <laughs> That's a good question. He's got to be like 100 to 1 or something. I know Hassan Reddick was getting a lot of love. He he got dropped down to like 30 to 1, and he was as high maybe 100 to 1, maybe 75 to 1. But look, I wouldn't bet a defensive guy. The chances they win are slim to none, and the recency bias with Reddick dropped the odds and it's just not worth the value play right now. Remember, the votes get put in a couple minutes before the end. I got screwed out of Aaron Donald winning MVP last year. I still had Cooper Cup, but Donald had the biggest play of the game with like less than two minutes to go, but all the writers submitted their votes, so be cognizant of that. At Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, thanks for the time, bud. You got it. Enjoy the game, fellas. So Danny Burke says no MVP in the cards for Indomitian Sue. I will remind him, though, Von Miller of the Broncos did win Super Bowl MVP back at uh, Super Bowl 50 against the Panthers. So it has happened. Uh, I think uh, no betting expert here from Elijah Herbal. Uh, but uh, you look at that, that Chiefs defense, I think you might have a, a better possibility there of getting it. Just with Hassan Reddick's odds, uh, when you just look at the, the Chiefs defense as a whole, Chris Jones is a name that stands out to me as being a potential MVP candidate. But... I'm not Danny Burke, so a big thank you to Danny Burke for joining us, giving us some lines and his thoughts on the Super Bowl today. Also, thank you to Brady Oltmans and Bill Dolman, who joined us earlier this hour and back in hour one. Lars Anderson, gracious enough to give us two segments of his time, so you can catch all of those in podcast form shortly following the show. Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, really, you can find those. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, the weekend edition. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, and myself will have an unaired interview from Russ Hochstein and then we'll have Brandon Vogel and Gary Sharp in hour two join us from 7 to 9 and then available in podcast form after. A Huda Media Production.